The following audio is from Morningstar Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio. For more information about Morningstar, visit morningstardayton.org. Welcome back to our podcast. My name is Ben. I'm the associate pastor here at Morningstar Baptist Church and super excited after a week away to be back with you and to have John Decker back from Texas. John, how's, how was the trip? It was great. I thought you were going to say you were so happy to have me back, like you missed me that much, but apparently that's not the direction you took it. So I feel really, really dumb now. That's okay, man. It's I told I hugged you this morning and <laughs> everything. At our, at our 630 prayer meeting, man, yeah. it was good. Yeah, I did miss you, though, but we, we had a great time. Uh, took the family down to see my mom and dad and family down in Texas, and that's a long, long long drive. <laughs> That's a long drive, especially with like three boys. With three boys who are very active anyway. Yeah. And to stick them in a car for that long. Yeah. But when we made it, they did great. And um, we split up two days driving down, two days coming back. But it, we did. We had a great time. Mom and dad were excited to see us. And Good. we went down because my dad was retiring after teaching for almost 30 years. And wow. Um, and so we, we had a little retirement party for him That's and awesome. we were able to celebrate him for a little bit and, and it, it was good and it was good for us to be down there for that. Yeah, that, that's incredible. I, uh, I'm, I've got to ask this. I haven't asked you yet this in person, but is there any Mason stories from your trip? Is there any good, did he do anything like just oh, incredible, man. like on your drive down that Mason is your youngest and he is, is the character. He cracks me up. Oh yeah, man. Like there's always Mason stories, to be honest with you. It, it's either him taking his clothes off or, um, anything, but we were like, no matter what we were doing, the kid was just trying to catch every piece of wildlife that was around. You know, we went, we went crabbing. And for those of you who don't know what crabbing is, like, we live on a river that feeds into the Gulf. And so blue crabs move up the river. And so we were throwing out chicken and you reel it in real slow and you, and you, you, uh, and you wait for the crabs to get on and you pull them up. And so we caught some of those and of course he's playing with them and, then he caught this, he caught like, one, I don't know how he caught it. It's just a fish, like a little small, little <laughs> shiner, a little tiny fish. The kid puts it in his pocket and I was like, Mason, like you can't take it. I'm going to take it home, like, but it's dead now. Like, you yeah. killed the fish and he kept it the whole time. We're out there. It's baking on the concrete and stuff. <laughs> and he picks it up. He'll take it to the next spot. And then you know, at the retirement party, there was lizards everywhere. And okay. And he's trying to catch a lizard. Well, the lizards, if you grab a lizard, certain types of lizards, they'll drop their tail. Mm-hmm. And so he's got this tail and it's all wiggling around. And he looks at me and he's like, I'm keeping this. And she's <laughs> like, no, you're not. I'm pretty sure it ended up in his pocket. And, yeah. and Mandy even said later on, she goes, I didn't check his pockets before I did the laundry. So I have no idea. Like mm-hmm. it might be in the washing machine somewhere. But yeah, he's crazy, man. But he's he's so much fun. And, you know, in the morning he'd get up and. And they enjoy he go crawl in bed with Nana and Papa and and uh, be in his underwear for some reason. We put the kid to bed in clothes, but he ends up in his underwear. It's crazy, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's always fun, man. Well, that's good. And then we had a great we had a great Sunday back here. Um, we missed you, and and you, I I'm convinced um, that you are the king of the announcement time. Right? <laughs> Like I, I had it all rehearsed. I had a little like card in my hand, and I was like, man, like. <laughs> He does it so well. He doesn't take any notes up there. Dude, that's and my least favorite thing. I, I hate doing I know. And, and nobody feels like, honestly, if you um, feel like you're really comfortable doing announcements, 
we can't pay you, but we will. <laughs> we would love that. Come talk to us, man, because if you can set the tone and you have that energy. Nobody feels good when they're doing announcements. No, it's but, awkward, but there's some people who thrive in that, yeah. you know, and that's just not me yet. But I, yeah, but I'm glad you, you, you got through it. Uh, it was just like, ah, uh, yeah, because people, you're like saying these things you're really excited about and everybody's just. Just deadpan and yeah. Well, at least they're like, looking at you. Most yeah. time I give announcements, they're not looking. They're not I'm even like, paying attention. You're gonna want to know this, but yeah. okay. <laughs> How come I didn't know about that? Because you weren't paying any you attention. Didn't listen. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, man. so it was it was good. Um, and and uh, we 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 talked about dads obviously because it was a good day. Mm. My wife is incredibly. Uh, both of our wives. We have some super creative wives, and and my wife put together this thing that said. Uh, you knock my socks off. Happy Father's Day. And yeah. she handed out crazy colored um, neon socks to all the dads. And, and uh, we hid some little clothespins in there. And, and some, some guys won some different gift cards and nice. stuff like that. And man, it was a good Sunday. Um, um, but it's good to have you back. I love having uh, our team. Our team mentality is just something that's uh, it's not everywhere, right, and it's, right. it's fun. It so. is. It is, and it's good to be back. And, and But it's also good to get away, and I'm excited for you guys. One, you guys just closed on your house, yeah, which is really cool, and you're in the process of, of getting that thing ready and mm-hmm. fixing that up. And so um, if you're listening and you got some skills or you want to help <laughs> out in any way, I'm sure Ben and Christine would love that. But, but we're excited for you because that just shows that you're planting roots here and yeah. that we're both in it for the long haul. And, and it just says a lot to our, our church family that, hey, we're – we're here and we're going to be a part of this community too. And so congratulations. On yeah. Your house, thank man. you. It's so cool as we talk about that because this church for a little while had, had seen some turnover mm-hmm. in, in especially not the main role as much as, as the support roles. Mm-hmm. They had seen a lot of turnover. And, and I remember one of the first things people saying every once in a while was, I know you want to do it that way, but the last guy wanted to do it this way. And the guy before <laughs> him wanted to do it this way. And I was like, well, you don't understand there's not there's not gonna be a next guy. That's like, right. <laughs> like we're like John and I moved our whole families from different parts of, of the country. We're not going anywhere. Right. And um and it's even funny, I was talking to a friend of mine from Cincinnati just the other day and I said, Yeah, you know, it's it's cool to be in this role and and I don't really have a desire, um, which which we've talked about, I've told lots of people to to be a senior pastor. That's not God hasn't really put that in me. Um, the support role is what I love. And they're like, well, you're young. And I'm like, well, but I also know what God made me to do. <laughs> and, and who knows? God could change my heart yeah, someday. You never, you you never know. know. I'm not locking myself into that on this podcast. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, it's cool to be doing what God made you to do mm-hmm. and, and just be able to do that with somebody else who's doing what God made them to do. And it's fun to have the team to put the band back together and <laughs> you know back together we'll get t-shirts made yeah well, great, man. so it's it's cool yeah. it's but uh, i know we talked a lot on sunday about dads obviously we talked about um how our kind of our premise was the things that you love likely were influenced by your dad right and talked about how you know what god loves should influence us um but you had a big week with with influencers mm-hmm. um in in your life um both your father and and another great influence. I don't want to steal no. all your thunder from that, but um, I think we kind of just settled in on 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 some of talking about some of the influencers that that we've run into and what what it means to influence somebody's life. Yeah, I, and I so I'll kick that off by saying that you know I we were down at church in in Nederland, Texas, and at my home church, Fellowship Baptist Church, and and uh, pastored now by Phil Weber, and and he had a great 
Father's Day message too, and I, I love the take that he took, so I want to make sure I give him full credit because I didn't come up with this. He, he was talking about dads, don't, don't take your kids to church. Mm-hmm. Bring them to church. The idea of don't just take them and drop them off, but bring them to church. And then he said, you also, dads, you're responsible for bringing your kids to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't just point them to Jesus. Like that used to be the, the mantra a while back. Hey, point, point your kids to Jesus. He said, stop pointing your kids to Jesus and start bringing your kids to Jesus. Right. And I thought that was huge, man. That was, that was pretty eye opening for me too. Like what ways in my life am I influencing by just pointing the way versus what ways in my life am I bringing people along? That's really what it comes down to. And there were some huge influences in my life that you're right. I got to some big things that took place this past week. One, my dad is a huge influence in my life. And I know your dad's a huge influence in your life. Right. Um, my dad spent almost 30 years teaching and pouring his life out in the students and really making a difference in, in people that literally now are living all over the country just by, by loving them. And, and even though he's a math teacher, he just made such a huge impact on a lot of people. Um, but then also another one is uh, my pastor growing up that pastored me. Uh, obviously, I... Uh, this brother Hayes, uh, Dr. Steve Hayes, you get an official title. Uh, you know, he, he dedicated me as a baby. He, he baptized me after I got saved. He, uh, was there when I surrendered to ministry. He let me teach my, he let me preach my first sermon. He married Mandy and I, he dedicated Jonathan as a baby. And so just huge step, every step of the way. And he passed away, uh, this past week, right before we went down to Texas actually. And, yeah. Um, he pastored the same church for 40 years. Um, and he just was a huge impact on so many people. And I think after listening to Phil talk on Sunday about, Hey, bring people along. Yeah. That's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we honestly make it harder than what it is to influence people. And there's a new th- movement now of mentoring. And we talked about it on our podcast yeah. a little bit, right, about mentoring people. And it's becoming this big push, and books are being written about it, and these whole um, these these whole plans, or you can buy these mentoring plans, all this kind of stuff. And But before all that, you know, 25 years ago when mentoring wasn't like it is like today, hip. like the hip thing to do, now that I look back on everything that Brother Hayes, I call him Brother Hayes as a Southern thing, but everything that Brother Hayes did in my life, he was doing then without a script to go by. Right. He And all it really is, and when I look back on these moments, was him just taking the small moments of life when he's hanging out with me or when we're doing work or what, and just turning that into a God moment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it wasn't anything other than him just, just loving on me. But sometimes it was just conversations, the way that he would kind of direct a conversation from one thing into a ministry thing. And especially after I surrendered to ministry and the time he poured into me just by, Hey John, come, come drive me back to the camp from the right. church. Like we had a camp that was about an hour and a half away and driving there. He would just take that moment. Not a big deal. Like he wasn't spending a ton of money. He, he had to go to camp anyway. Right. I worked for brother Hayes, which basically I worked at the camp at the church. So he wasn't paying me extra money to drive him. He wasn't, it wasn't out of his way, but he took that moment in an hour and a half car ride to have conversations. And now those are such, such one precious moments to me, but also I look now and see how he was, God was using him to shape me. Right. Both ministry wise. Um, and, and, and just being a man in general. Right. right? And, and, uh, and so just some of those things that he did and, challenging me when I needed to be challenged mm-hmm. and talking and allowing me, you know, it was a big deal, probably a 
probably pretty courageous step for him to say, hey, here's a 16-year-old kid, young kid that surrendered to ministry. I'm going to let you preach a sermon. Right. Like that's, I, you know, that's hard. Yeah, it's say, hard. Like, now that I'm a pastor, like, okay, yeah, we'll let this guy get up and, and come preach a sermon. And But he knew that God placed a call in my life. And so to step out and go, hey, here's the pulpit. Go do right. that. A lot of guys won't do that. And man, that was just, and then he wouldn't let, and it was horrible, by the way. Yeah. I don't know how, how often I shared that story, but it was horrible. And, but he didn't let me quit. Like yeah. he came to me again and said, okay, three weeks from now or so, you're going to do it again. Yeah. And you're going to do it again. I just can't, he wouldn't let me stop. And so he was such a huge part of my life. And a lot of his ministry DNA flows through me. And, right. but it wasn't because he was anything flashy. He wasn't. He grew up in the watermelon fields of East Texas. And he wasn't the smooth talker. He wasn't, he didn't, he was just a guy who loved Jesus, who loved the church and loved young people who got, so he saw that God had a calling on their lives and said, I'm going to just spend time with that person. That's huge. Yeah. My, um, I've got my growing up was very similar. The pastor that I grew up with lived five houses down and pastored the same church 35 years. Mm -hmm. He's still living. Um, and, but we lived five houses apart, so we always went there. He was, he's actually my mom's uncle, um, so we were very close. Um, but when I was called to ministry, I asked him, I said, hey, you know, what's the one piece of advice that you would give somebody who was called to ministry? And he told me this. He said, Ben, it's really just simple. You love people, and you love God, and then you teach people to love God. Mm. And that was his, that's like that, that was his, thing for ministry that was how he did ministry it was right. it was his full dna he loved people he loved god and he taught people to love god mm -hmm. and that was and so i i know what you mean that taking those moments like, like you're just trying to rake the leaves to help uncle preston because that's what mm -hmm. we called him everybody else called him brother preston right because yeah. we're <laughs> almost south cincinnati's like weirdly on the border they've got some south tendencies that's right so we called him brother preston except for we called him uncle preston and mm -hmm. i was just trying to help him rake the leaves because my mom would send me down there all the time uh, to help him do stuff. And I was just trying to rake the leaves and he wanted to talk about some ministry thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so he was always teaching us little ministry stuff and how he cared for people and why he did this and why he did that. And, right. you know, you could never, he would never just let you leave. You know, you would never allow to just go down there and then leave. You always had to sit and talk and he mm. was always trying to teach my younger brother and I to slow down and and when I was called to ministry it was it was that that mantra that has you know rolled through for me for mm -hmm. a long time so right so I know that that can be a thing so when it comes to to people that have influenced our lives like like brother Hayes for you or mm. or brother Preston or uncle Preston for me and and our dads like we talked about you know influence is, is bringing people along in mm -hmm. a lot of ways um what challenges have you seen when it comes to 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 mentoring or to to influencing people um, or what hiccups or whatever like however you want to put that mm -hmm. you know I, I know I have some but I'm sure you've seen some too mm -hmm. um, what are some things that you would classify in that area well I think a lot of times we we don't we don't mentor we don't pick up someone to invest in because we don't we don't know how, but we make it more complicated than what it really is. It's really not that complicated. We overthink it because we're like, well, 
I don't, I don't write books on this. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have a degree in this. I, I might not even be an expert in this thing. And so we're like, so we shy away from pouring in what knowledge we do have, or it's really not even knowledge, just love mm-hmm. and spending time with someone and bringing them along. I think that's a big deal. Um, so fear is, is big. Yeah. But also, you know, sometimes people who they, they might not understand like what you're trying to do. Sometimes people misread and misunderstand our motives for trying right. to do things. And especially maybe this younger generation that's so wrapped up in technology and so wrapped up in, in the digital part of stuff that having those conversations is difficult for them. And right. so what we do is we try to have maybe one or two conversations with some people who might be younger than us. And it's awkward because we're feeling like we have to carry the conversation. And so we stop and we never go back to it. Mm-hmm. But if we just kept at it and just like, you know, it's going to be awkward, but it's not awkward for you. It's really awkward for them because they don't know how to communicate that well, right? On right, that, but on you're that influencing them you're influencing in that them because moment. you're making them have to. Ca- and so the biggest thing is don't, like, so fear is a big barrier, but just don't give up. Be persistent with it because when people understand that you love them and they understand that you're actually interested in them and you right. want to invest in them, then they'll start opening up and understand that the relationships aren't formed that quick. It takes time. It it might take you a few times of hanging out with them or going to get coffee or grabbing a donut or whatever and you being intentional with that for that to happen uh, but i think we always look at that the whole biblical model of you know is, is there a paul and a timothy in your life are you influencing someone are you allowing someone to influence you and it doesn't have to be age related so right. i don't it doesn't have to be you know there might be somebody who's younger than me that can totally invest and pour into me in some areas that i'm not that right. I, I could be developed in right and and i could p- find someone who's older than me and try to pour in to them as well but just having those people who are pouring into me and me pouring into someone else and again it really just comes down to bringing them along on the journey with you but that comes about with having to admit that you don't have it all together and you're broken and right and we goes back to one of our very first podcasts of just being open and like i'm i'm not okay and i'm okay with that like right. I'm, i've got issues right and and understanding that okay i'm on this journey use a churchy word sanctification yeah that i'm on this journey of being made more and more like christ every day and there's days i do really good at it and there's days i do really horribly at it and but trying to bring somebody along go hey i want you to share this journey with me right and understand it's gonna be messy and understand it's gonna be really awkward at times understand that hey i you know i don't have it all figured out but what i do know lessons i learn i can share with you and things i do know and i I, and so i think it's huge just first you know not let the fear get in the way be persistent with it and understand that you're going to be open and right. it's going to, it's, it's going to take us understanding that, man, we're all on this journey together as believers, right? We're all on this journey together. That's that starts with our moment. We give our life to Christ and doesn't end until either Jesus calls us home or he comes back and gets us. Right. And right. so, and this is this whole, uh, man, we sound like without sign on redundant, this whole culture change that we need, we need more influencers and we need uh, this is going back to father's day. We need more godly men to step up and start leading, but lead by bringing along and right. bringing people along this journey with you and, um, and finding someone, you know, obviously fathers leading our families and bringing our family along, but then finding other people who aren't part of your family, making them a part of your family. Right. And, and I think for, for me, the ones I see a lot of times is people who are willing to influence with their words, but they're not willing to influence with their time mm-hmm. per se. Um, and it, and it comes down to end up being, you know, almost hypocritical mm-hmm. in some ways where, you know, I, I talked about it on su- on Sunday where parents will say to, to me as a youth pastor, and you probably heard this one too, you know, why I keep telling my kids to invite their friends to church. I just don't know why they won't invite their friends to church. And you just want to grab them and say, 
They've never seen you invite anybody to church. Mm. They don't believe it's right. important because you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. You're trying to influence your kid with your words, but what they see is so far from from what is actually you're saying is important. You're proving what's important with what you're doing, but you're saying something else is important. And so right. I'm a communication guy, and that's communicating two different things. And so right. that's going to give a kid or another adult the opportunity to take the easier of the two and the easier of the two is to not inconvenience yourself by, by doing that. So we even talk about it. Hey, we're going to influence. We want you to be influencers. And we, we use these influence words, but if we're not purposely influencing people, Mm -hmm. we're preaching this, this opposite message and influencer has actually become a big word in the tech, in the technology world. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if, have you heard of this fire fest, thing did you ever hear about this so Firefest is like the biggest concert that never happened and what they did is they got these guys all to get all these instagram influencers mm-hmm. who are just people that are pretty and know how to take pictures okay and they all posted an orange photo and everybody wanted to know what it was about and it was a link to buy tickets to this music festival but the music festival they weren't able to deliver on any of it. So they were in unsafe living conditions and, mm. and all kinds of stuff. And you have to be careful. There's a couple of different documentaries out there. Some of them are, are better than others. Some of them are get, get racy. But mm. if you read into what really happened, this guy who's been a unknown con artist, basically con people out of millions of dollars. Mm. And, and so influencer because of that situation, influencers have become this buzzword being an Instagram influencer just means you have enough people paying attention to you that brands will begin to pay you to use their stuff. Mm. Um, and so you can be a normal guy and, and now you're getting endorsements like an athlete, right? Because you have enough Instagram followers. Mm. And so one of the things, um, that this one camp speaker a few years ago talked about to my students was these circles of influence and, and maybe you recognize this cause I'm pretty sure you were that <laughs> camp speaker. <laughs> um, but, but we're all being influenced by somebody and right. we're all influencing somebody. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, how do I have influence? I think the question is begins to be is where am I identifying where I have influence and how am I using right. that influence and who am I letting influence me mm-hmm. so yeah i mean the, the the quote that keeps coming back around all the time and i just saw it again the other day and i've used it myself is the the sum of who you are is who you hang out with and what you read mm-hmm. right which because what we read how what we read is more than what it used to be just did like pages you turn uh-huh. read is any that word read now includes your social media intake everything right right so what you're looking at what you're what you're consuming mm-hmm and who you're hanging out with. And, and so what's in that circle right? and, and what is in that circle of people who are influencing you? And maybe there's people in our own lives that we've got to get out of that circle, mm-hmm. right? That we've got to kick to the curb <laughs> and they're out and there's people we need to put in that circle that's influencing us. And then there should be a circle that we're trying to influence. Mm-hmm. And, but I've heard it and you probably have heard it too. Well, I don't influence anybody. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's just not true. On average, this is just average. The average person has about nine people they're influencing. Nine. That's average. Now, some people are a lot more because they carry a lot more influence, right? And some people a little bit less. But on average, nine people. 
So how are you influencing? And, and you're going to influence them somehow. And it's either going to be intentional or it's going to be un- unintentional. And so what if we were all intentional? about it. What if we all said, okay, God, what have you gifted me with to influence? Like, what am I good at? What do I like? What's my passion? What is, what is it that, and then start figuring that out. And it's okay. These people in my life that I have, I'm going to intentionally on purpose, influence them and bring them along this journey with me and, and see what happens. I mean, what, what happened, what would happen if our church did that? Right. We have a lot of influencers in our church. We have some people in our church and this is churches in general too, not just Morningstar. Right. We have some people in church that that influence by by default like they don't know that they're an influencer but they are right and we have some that they realize they're influencer and they're influencing and so what if everybody in our church realized okay i have influence over somebody what if i started using that for god's glory and what if i started trying to be intentional about that and start influencing and bringing people along this journey with me and so and even for those who might be listening maybe you're in ministry and you listen to our podcast and then who are you influencing? Not not who you're preaching to or teaching to on Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever you meet, but who are you influencing? Like, who are you going, God has laid this person on my heart. I'm going to go and spend time with them. It doesn't have to be like you spend every day of the week, but what an hour a week, what, what are you doing? Like, what car ride can you take with that person to go go somewhere like if you're gonna make a hospital visit what person are you gonna invite to go along with you if you're gonna if you're gonna go and and pick something up for vbs or for camp who are you bringing along with you to do that from your group from your church and maybe even from your community and start influencing them and so ministry leaders we we're not exempt from this we can't right. stand behind a pulpit or stand behind a table or stand in front of a class and go well these are who i'm influencing yes you are but that's kind of a given right right how are you preparing them? Like you talked about earlier, how are you preparing them to love God? How are you, what Paul would say and what we would know the church's function is, which is to the church is for the loss and to train the found to find the lost. Mm-hmm. How are you influencing a one-on-one right. for that? And for me, brother Hayes had such a huge influence. Yeah. In our church. I, but you know, what's honest. I remember one sermon that he ever series from him and it was on Eagles and it was phenomenal. Yeah. Right. I don't remember any other sermon he ever preached. And I sat under his preaching for 20 years in the, in, in the, in the pews. I don't remember one sermon, but I remember the little moments. It was just me and him. Right. Right. Or me and him and a couple other guys. And the, the conversations, the challenges, the laughter, the, the, Hey, you can do a better job. There's times when he like edified me, encouraged me to do, I'm just telling you those moments that's what's big. And so we can't hide behind our pulpits. And I'm challenging all of our ministry leaders, quit hiding behind our pulpits, quit hiding behind our tables or whatever it is you teach behind and understand that we have a responsibility to engage, to mentor, however you want to call it, on this one-on-one level with people. So find one, find two, and start doing that. And then maybe for our lay people, people who are like, I'm, just, I'm not a ministry person, you still have influence. Yeah, You have influence with your neighbor. You have influence with your coworker. You, students, you have influence with kids that go to your school. There's people that God's brought into your life to intersect your life at this very moment for you to have some kind of influence on. Put them in your circle and start influencing. Right. My mom calls that circle your basket. Yeah. <laughs> she says, God's put them in my basket. And my mom <laughs> says that all the time. And I love but it. it's true. You know, some people God has placed in front of you and you can you will influence them. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's can be the the myth. Like, well, I'm not going to influence them. No, you're going to influence them. Mm-hmm. You just have to choose how. Right. And and I'm and I'm sure many of the messages that Brother Hayes preached had an impact on yep, you, and yep. and and those ser- those sermons are interwoven somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. But the specific moments are the ones that are spent 
one-on-one or a few on one mm-hmm. where you're really learning and he might have said some things that were hurtful he might yeah. like not hurtful in a, in a bad way but like things that you needed to hear yeah. challenging mm-hmm. and and some things where you didn't maybe even recognize you were gifted in the area and he mm-hmm. helped you see you were gifted in that area and all those kind of things that you just have to to decide am i going to make my life it's the same decision we make about everything else am i going to make my life about me or am i going to make my life about the people that god's placed in my in front of me whether lost people or people that I need to influence um, that, that know Christ but need need trained or brought along or whatever. Right. And right. and so... Um, and I think why I want... So I kind of... And I was... Before Brother Hayes died, I actually sent him a video. And uh, when he... Because he had one stroke and he got a little better and I sent him a video um, and his son Stephen played it for him. And I was in the video, I was telling him, hey, there's there's some things that have stood out to me that you taught me and I said it has to do with Brasso and sheep <laughs> and I said so hang with me I'm gonna explain it and and I said Brasso because I used to work for Brother Hayes in the summertime and sometimes I was at the camp working and sometimes I was at the church doing janitorial stuff and and we had a balcony that had a brass railing and brass was in back then so everything mm-hmm. all of our, our our piano pit and all that was all wrapped in you know had this brass railing and and I would always do a really good job shining and polishing the brass that was on the stage Mm-hmm. But in our in our in our balcony, there was a brass railing up there, which you only saw if you were sitting in the balcony. Right, mm-hmm. you couldn't see it very well from the floor, and so I wouldn't do such a good job because it was a long piece of yeah, brass, yeah. and and every all the little like the holders for it were yeah. spaced, and it was just a hassle. You had to wipe the brass on, let it sit, and you had to took like every muscle you had to wipe off the dried brass uh-huh. to give it a nice polish. And so I would do haphazard. It was, it was, I knew, right. right. I, I knew, but also now I was like, nobody sees it. And one Sunday or one week he, he came up to me and I was up there and he caught me up there polishing it and, and he chewed me out. Like yeah. it was, it was, I'm going to dress you down. And, and it was John, like you're doing a horrible job. He'll use some other words. He's like, you're doing a horrible job mm-hmm. on this, on this, on this brass up here. What, what, what's wrong with it? Like, what are you doing? And, and I tried to talk my way out of it. Well, nobody really sees it. It's the balcony. I mean, only mm-hmm. a few people sit up here. And but he, you know, very loving but very challenging way mm-hmm. was said, no, here's the deal. Like it's it's all about putting our best foot forward and being excellent in everything that we do. And that's kind of where I get that mm-hmm. when I why you've heard me use that phrase about here, be excellent in everything we do, is he said, We we have brass here and we don't shine the brass so we look good we shine the brass because it's we want to put our best foot forward and this mm-hmm. is all about god and we don't want anything to be a distraction and if there's hand smudges everybody would use it to hold on to and they would get all these fingerprints all over it and stuff he's like i don't want anything to be a distraction and i want to if we have it we're gonna make it look nice and and i didn't understand it then i was in fact i was just mad that day i yeah. was like cause i had to go back and shine on the brass but over time it started really to resonate with me that okay we, we need to be excellent in everything that we do. And it really, cause Brasso carries over to so many different areas, mm-hmm. preaching and counseling and loving people, be excellent in everything you do. Give it everything you got, even if you don't think anybody else sees it. And that was a huge lesson for me. And then the other thing was one day when we were riding to the camp and it was after I started a ministry and, and he said, John, no matter what happens, he said, your job is to feed the sheep. And we've talked about that before here on our podcast about feeding the sheep. And, but that was big to me because that was a one-on-one moment. And we're driving to the camp, and he said, if it's just you and your future wife and your kids in church, you feed the sheep. If it's you and a 1,000 people, you feed the sheep. He said, it's all about the lost and training people to go find the lost. You feed the sheep. And so those things, so Brasso and sheep have always really kind of stuck with me. And those were just, and didn't cost him any money to have those conversations. It didn't cost him any extra amount of of energy. And it wasn't anything super profound. 
It was just him loving God and loving me and challenging me and investing in me. Right. And even though sometimes, like you said, it wasn't pleasant, but it, it challenged me and it made me who I am today. Yeah. And so it's huge. So I want to challenge everybody, man, find somebody to invest in them, show them you love them, bring them along with you in this journey. <laughs>